Hello, what's up? Welcome to Things Like That, a space created for us to talk about anything and question everything without forcing you to believe what I believe. No topic is off the table, so get ready for rambles about wellness, mental health, plant medicine, spirituality, and other things like that. I'm so excited to welcome you into this space. Hello, what's up? Welcome to episode two. I am so excited that you're here for a second episode. That means the world to me, and it's such an honor to have you here following along on this journey. Today's episode is going to be a little crazy. It's going to be more of like a story time format because I had the craziest week and I was hesitant to share about it because I didn't want it to just sound like a downer or like here's all this bad stuff that happened this week. Um, But I wanted to share kind of the life lessons I learned um, throughout this whole week. Um, And I made this huge list of stuff I want to talk about because the week kind of feels like a blur and I didn't want to miss anything. Um, And I just feel like this episode is going to feel like we're FaceTiming and I'm just like sharing with you about my week because it was just crazy. Um... But thank you so much for all the positive feedback on the first episode. It really just means the world to me that you take the time to listen um, and listen to what I have to say. So let's jump in. So basically this last week feels like a blur because it was just like a health nightmare. And it just goes to show that if you neglect your health and the messages your body's sending you, it eventually will force you to take care of it. It'll go from whispering to you to screaming at you, and this week it was definitely screaming at me. So basically, Monday rolls around. Um, Oh, also, this episode's probably going to be pretty TMI, um, just a fair warning, Um, but I love podcasts where it's like an in-depth story time about someone's life. Like, I'm so nosy, so... I hope you enjoy this style as well, Um, but just a warning, it's TMI. Um, But basically, the whole weekend, I was waiting for my period to start because my boobs are really sore, and I just knew it was coming, and I was like, I really hope it starts Sunday and not freaking Monday morning when I'm at work because um, if you don't know, I do struggle with PCOS, and also, I've been like questioning that there might be something else wrong too just because of the severe pain I'm always in and I'll talk about that later but um basically it started Monday and I was already so mad at my body because I'm like you're really gonna do this when I'm at work um because the first day of my period is very very intense I get it's not even just cramps it feels like literal fire in my lower abdomen Um, and it makes me have to go to the bathroom. I feel so nauseous and I get extremely dizzy because it is just such an intense pain that I can't even stand up. So when this happens, I have to be at home and I need to be in a bathtub, um, because for about the next four hours, it's going to be literal hell. So of course it starts Monday morning at work. And if you don't know me, you know, I just started my first ever office job. I normally work in the restaurant industry where I could just have someone cover my shift if I'm not feeling well with my office job. I have to be there. Um, but luckily, I have a very good um, 
company that cares about your mental health and so I knew they'd be okay if I was like I really need to go home so the intense cramps started setting in I have a 30 minute drive home from work so I knew I needed to leave before it got really bad um so they let me leave and I'm like cursing people out on the way home because they're driving so slow I'm like I have like a limited time span to get home and get in a bathtub before I literally fall over um and I finally got home and the pain was just so bad and that's what I'm used to really really bad pain which by the way is not normal please go to the gynecologist if you are missing work if you can't get out of bed because of your period um but normally that pain kind of climaxes after like four hours that's when I like it kind of stops and I just fall asleep pretty much for the rest of the day and Monday I was literally just crying all day um I had just like this terrible cramp on my right side to where I could like barely stand up it felt like my ovary was gonna explode if I like stood up all the way and I just kind of dealt with it because you know I'm like oh I have issues like pain is inevitable right now so I dealt with it and I woke up around 2 a.m to go to the bathroom and I tried to sit up and it was just I, I could not sit up like the pain was so bad and normally by then it's not too bad it's you know regular period cramps and I just kept writing it off and I'm like I know now I'm not gonna be able to go to work tomorrow um but I'll need a doctor's note like I was freaking out so I literally stayed up for about three more hours um so it was about 4 30 in the morning five and I was like I need to go to the hospital and that's something I wouldn't normally do because you go to the hospital with period cramps they're just like they give you you know narcotics there's not much they can do but something this time was telling me like something else is wrong because this pain was so different than what I'm used to um and I think that's one of the life lessons I want to talk about is about listening to your body because especially as women um and period cramps we're just kind of told to write it off as period pain um so that led me to waiting so long to go to the hospital um because I thought I would just get turned away and I even looked up several times because when I'm in pain I look things up profusely somehow to like give me peace about the pain I'm feeling and they said if you go to a hospital with period pain and they ask you on a scale of one to ten what's your pain even if your pain is a ten don't tell them that tell them it's about a six or a seven or else they'll just be like okay you're over exaggerating she's fine um and to also come with someone else so they can vouch for your pain which I just think is um repulsive (laughs) Because the fact that you have to lie about your pain and bring, like, a second source to say, yeah, she's really in pain is just really upsetting. Um, But it's also not surprising. So I woke John up. I was like, I need to go to the hospital. Um, So luckily, we have a hospital two minutes away from us. Um, I thought the nearest one was 30 minutes away, but it was two. So I was like, cool, let's go. Um, Super glad John was able to come with me because... There's no way I could drive. Um, And we get there. It's a really small hospital. We live in, like, backwoods, Georgia, basically. And so luckily we got in right away. And 
the nurse was super nice, um, but we were literally, like, the only patient there. <laughs> That's how, like, small this town is, and she was super nice. She was, like, doing our intake, asking me all these questions, um, and she gave me a steroid shot for the pain, which another lesson I want to talk about is advocating for your body. I'm going to touch on, like, all these topics throughout, so just bear with me, kind of just rambling about everything, but before when a doctor would tell me oh take this medicine or here I have this medicine for you take it I would just take it um, and now I kind of have my own preferences for things depending on my pain level depending on what it is and so she said it was a non-narcotic non-narcotic I cannot say this word non-narcotic steroid which is one thing I always ask when they say oh here's this medicine I say is it a narcotic because um, for me it has to be certain situations that I'll take that. Um, normally after a surgery or like when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. So I was like, I'll take the steroid. She said it would help with the pain. At this point, I was so exhausted. I was like, sure, I'll take that. It was a shot in the butt. It burnt so fucking bad. <laughs> um, I've never had a shot hurt this bad. But she said it wasn't a narcotic, so I was down for it. Um, and it didn't work. And it was so funny because she came back in and she's like, hey, is your pain decreasing? And I was like, no, but honestly, I'm so used to this. Like, I'll be fine. I just want to make sure everything's okay. And she was like, are you sure? Like, I can, we have stuff that's stronger. Like, I can definitely just get that for you. And it's so interesting to me how just easy it is to be like, oh, here's a narcotic. And I know I was in intense pain, but without trying really any other methods um, or really asking much questions about my pain, she was just like, oh, here's some codeine. And I'm like, it just blew me away because I get looked at crazy for trying natural methods and lifestyle changes for pain management. But if you just want to quickly prescribe me something that's totally normal um, and it's okay to decline those things. Even though she looked at me like I was crazy, it's okay to say, thank you so much for that option um, and letting me know that that's an option for me if I need it, but right now I'm okay. Um, and it's just an empowering feeling when you accept or decline something because that's the whole point of advocating for yourself. It's not that you never take another medicine again, um, that you only use natural methods. It's that you're informed on what you're putting in your body. And as long as you understand what's going in your body, how it's going to affect you, and you weigh the pros and cons of that and make your decision, that is advocating for yourself. It doesn't matter what people's opinions are on what it is. Even if I took the narcotic, if I chose my pain was bad enough and that it would help me, then that's my decision and that's an empowered decision. So... Even in a hospital setting, I know it can be so scary. It is okay to decline medication. Um, but I am rambling. Anyway, she came back in and they said that I have a really bad bladder infection or a UTI. Um, and I was just so happy that they were able to tell me something was wrong because I knew in my body that it didn't feel right and I just needed someone to validate my pain so I didn't feel so crazy. And they gave me an antibiotic, which I chose to accept because at this point, 
the bladder infection was so bad I couldn't even stand up. So I was like, I need to just go ahead and get this taken care of. Um, the oils aren't, aren't my first priority right now. Give me some medication to get this under control. Um, but what was really interesting about this hospital visit is that the doctor came in looking like he just fucking woke up. His scrubs were wrinkly. He literally looked just like the biggest douchebag. And he's just like, hey, how's it going? He touched my upper stomach, which is where my pain was not. It was in my lower abdomen. Um, he touched two spots and he was like, all right, well, um, have a good night. We're going to work on uh, making sure you feel better. And I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> like he had no other information for me. Um, and then he just prescribed me codeine as my pain medication. So spent two minutes in the room with me and prescribed me codeine, which is an opi opioid. And it's just, it makes me so sad that that is the case. Um, I really wish for an integrative medicine system where natural solutions are used and modern medicine. Cause I think, um, at the rate that opioids are just prescribed um, without really getting any patient information, any family background, anything like that, um, they just prescribe it. And I did decline that because I didn't want to take an opi opioid for this pain. Um, and that's okay. It is okay to decline medicine. Just make sure that you are taking care of yourself. So the hospital visit overall was good. It just really laid out how I always viewed hospitals is the doctor is just like, well, um, I hope you feel better and here's some medicine. <laughs> so I went back home and I actually ended up taking off two days of work because I still could not stand um, and really function, which was hard for me because I'm a workaholic people pleaser and calling out of work is just not in my vocabulary. And even though in this situation, I literally could not go to work, it was still so hard for me. And I'm so grateful I have a boss that is very understanding and knows about my situation and is like, you're totally fine. But it was still extremely hard to let myself rest and say, it's okay that you're not at work right now. And I think that if you struggle with that, it definitely isn't going to be fixed overnight. But just understand that your health has to come first. And I think we're just raised in a society where like work is the main priority. So we feel a sense of guilt when we don't go to work, even if our health is at stake. Like if you really think about that, we feel so bad about not going to work, even if you were just in the hospital last night. Um, and I think that's can be a very toxic, hurtful, destructive mindset. Um, and something to consider working on because you are more important than your nine to five. And that is very counterculture, but I'll say it again. You are more important than your nine to five. You have to take care of yourself first. So you're able to show up to that nine to five. Um, and at the end of the day, everyone's replaceable. Um, they may love you, but they'll hire someone else in a heartbeat. So put yourself first. Um, but let me get a drink of water. I normally would have my alcoholic drink for this podcast, but I'm trying to obviously drink more water right now because I literally had a severe bladder infection because I was not drinking water. Um, but back to the story. Luckily, 
one of the days I had taken off work, which was Wednesday, I had already had a gynecologist appointment scheduled um, because for like the week or two prior, I was in a lot of pain. That was probably the bladder infection getting worse and worse. um, And I just kept writing it off as, um, you know, pain from my cysts on my ovaries. And I went to the gynecologist and this experience was night and day from my last gynecology appointment um, because I went, this appointment was with a new gynecologist. Um, My last appointment was when I got diagnosed with PCOS and she gave me no information. She had me sitting there crying in her office and sent me away. Um, No consoling, no empathy, nothing. And at this appointment, I had my questions written out, which is one way to advocate for yourself when you go to the doctor. Um, If you're like me, you'll say, oh, I'm going to ask these questions. Oh, I'm going to decline this. And then you you chicken out because you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm weird or crazy. So write out your symptoms so you can remember and write out the questions that you want to ask. I did chicken out a little bit and I didn't open my question paper, but since I had written them out, I remembered most of them, which helped me a lot. And she actually gave me so much information. I felt so much more at peace and I told her about my pain And she tested for the UTI again. And by that point, I had been on the antibiotic for two days. So she said, I found out that was cleared up. Um, And she also did, she swabbed my cervix. Um, Which at my last gynecologist appointment, I told her I was having the same pain I was having this year. And she said I was fine. And she sent me home. Um, But this gynecologist, she swabbed me and sent it out for testing. And I'll talk about how that went down in a few minutes, but, um, she was very attentive and went above and beyond, and, um, she ended up doing a cervix exam, she swabbed me, which was basically like a pap smear, and she took a pee sample, (laughs) um, and after telling her my symptoms, she said that it sounds like I have the PCOS with a component of endometriosis, which is something I was already researching earlier. Um, And I feel like a lot of times as I try to learn my body better, I almost start researching things without realizing it, and it ends up being that. So for the last couple of weeks, I was researching endometriosis because I was like, my symptoms are so much worse than the people in like the PCOS Facebook groups I'm in that I felt like something else was still wrong. And I felt like my symptoms aligned a lot with endometriosis. And I was really happy that she had mentioned that because um, on average, it takes 7 to 11 years for someone to be diagnosed with endometriosis. And for me, it actually is 7 years now because I started having these pains when I was 15. But I was really excited that she brought it up on her own because that's not something most doctors talk about. So... Um, that's kind of the next step we're working on right now. Um, endometriosis can't be 100% diagnosed, um, without surgery. So you can't see it really on an ultrasound unless it's really, really bad. Um, you have to have surgery so they can go in and look at it. So basically in two weeks, I'm going back for an internal ultrasound to check on the cysts and just see how everything looks. Um, and then we'll decide our next steps. But um, 
it just felt very validating for her to say this is what your pain could be. So another reason to listen to your body is if you feel like your symptoms are still worse than what you've been diagnosed with, always keep looking further. Um, And so after that, I all week I was just basically trying to eat healthier, drink more water, um, and get back to my hormone healthy diet because I definitely wasn't following that, which is probably why my symptoms have been pretty crazy. Um, but she called me the other day and she said that the swab had come back for a bacterial infection, um, which it sounds weird that I was happy about that, but I kept telling myself something still feels wrong, even though they said my UTI had gone away and I was no longer on my period. I've still just been in abnormal pain. Um, so she said that there was a bacterial infection, so I'm going back on antibiotics. And so I just had a lot going on, um, and I'm definitely going to be focusing more on my health, but Like I said, when it comes to listening to your body, even if you've already received a diagnosis, like them saying my UTI was gone, if there still feels like there's something wrong, keep looking into it Um, because there still was an infection there. And if I would have just let that go, um, it could have gotten even worse. So I'm very thankful for a doctor who went out of her way to do another exam and test that wasn't necessarily necessary um but it ended up coming back with the results needed to tell me something else was wrong so lots of antibiotics this week and doctors and I'm just really glad that I got it all under control (laughs) but in all those situations um if you're trying to take a natural route for your health um Obviously, sometimes you're still going to have to go to the doctor and the hospital, um, and that can be very anxiety-inducing because if you're like me, sometimes you feel embarrassed to say, oh, I use essential oils or natural methods. Um, So I just want to give some tips for that, and I kind of already mentioned them earlier, but I'm just going to go over it again. Um, But one of them being, I honestly don't mention essential oils when I go to the doctor or the hospital. I tend to tell them, that I've been using natural methods and making positive lifestyle changes um, because a lot of times if you say essential oils, um, they're kind of just like, oh, you're one of those people. And it feels very demeaning, but that's not their expertise and not what they were taught. So they kind of see it as a foreign thing, which is understandable. So it is a little annoying, but can't get offended by it. Um, So I just say natural methods and lifestyle changes. Um, Also, when you say essential oils, they may think you're just buying, you know, a pack from Walmart and not doing any research. Um, They may not know that you have an essential oil guide helping you and that you're using medicinal grade pure oils. So um, I honestly just don't really say it. (laughs) But if you are taking them internally and stuff like that, it can be very important to share that with your doctor. So um, disclose it if needed, especially if you're going to go on a medication. Um, Also, like I said, write down your questions before you go. Um, Your doctors are working for you, so they are there to answer your questions. Um, A lot of times, I feel like doctors can have this attitude, and of course not all doctors, um, that 
they just like know what's best for you and of course they have a huge array of um schooling and information um but you still have the opportunity to share what you know about your body and what you've been experiencing so take that time to ask them the questions and assert yourself and say something feels wrong um and another thing you can do to advocate for yourself is to ask for elaboration on something like if they're telling you here's the medicine I'm prescribing um a lot of times it's easy to just be like okay um you can ask them what kind of medicine is that what side effects is it a narcotic um I do that a lot if they're offering pain medication just so you can know what you're putting in your body um so if you're already not super comfortable with medication you can have more of an idea of what you're saying yes to. Um, and to also know that there, it's not all black and white. So if you are super into natural methods, don't feel embarrassed if you take modern medication as well. I'm taking all the antibiotics they prescribe to me because I just want to get all this cleared out so it doesn't get any worse because at the end of the day, I have to be okay to go to work. Um, so I need to get this cleared up as soon as possible. So it's all about what you feel comfortable with and it's your body anyway so there's no rules you have to follow if you're using natural methods um, or if you choose all modern medication it's all about what makes you feel healthy and safe um, another important thing that I always like to reiterate is that you're worthy of a diagnosis um, and to stand up for yourself so you can get those answers so you can find out what you need to do to feel better because a lot of times your pain can be invalidated and if you don't get guidance on how to feel better that could even make your situation worse and that is not fair to you so especially as a woman especially if it's a reproductive issue like with your period or struggling with infertility demand those answers because it's so easy for them to just say, oh, it's a bad period. If you are having significant pain, you need to strongly tell them it is not normal period pain. Um, try and be as specific as possible because a lot of times if you just say I'm having bad cramps, that's when they say that's normal. Say it's a burning sensation. I'm not able to get out of bed. I'm missing work. I can't stand up. Um, try and be as descriptive as possible so you can show the severity of the situation that you're in. Um, and overall, just this whole week showed me to listen to your body before it's screaming at you. Um, and I had, I put a question box on my Instagram to ask about questions for listening to your body and advocating for yourself. And someone asked, um, how do you differentiate between your body telling you something versus your mind or your desires? Um, and I think this is really important to talk about, especially if you struggle with anxiety and it's triggered with health issues. Because um, for me, I feel like I'll feel a symptom and I'll convince myself like, I have every condition in the world, um, especially if I go down like a Google spiral. So when someone says, listen to your body, sometimes it's really hard because you're like, well, I thought I literally had a brain tumor when I had a headache earlier and I thought I was listening to my body. So 
this isn't going to happen overnight. Um, If you're just now getting in touch with your body and trying to use natural methods and listen to what it's telling you, um, it's going to take some time to differentiate those different feelings. Um, I think also if you struggle with anxiety, it can be annoying to have someone say, well, just trust your gut because your gut is always telling you something's wrong. Um, So for me, as someone who struggles with anxiety, my advice to you would be, it it all starts from listening to your body down to simple things like what food you want. Like if you're craving sweet potatoes, take note of that. Um, Because for me, for a while, I was craving sweet potatoes and certain foods. And when I found out I had PCOS, those were actually foods that are helpful for someone with PCOS. So you'll look back and realize, oh, that's why I was craving that. So start with those little desires um, and those little nudges your body gives you. And you'll start to notice that feeling. And then when you feel it in a bigger issue, you can start to follow that. And as you start to realize that each time you're normally right, you begin to trust yourself better. So for me, even though I waited a while to go to the hospital um, because I didn't want to just go on a whim, I wanted to wait till I knew the, the pain was really bad, I knew something else was wrong. And I was so glad I followed that um, because if I wouldn't have, I'd still have this raging UTI that was just getting worse and worse. Um, and another thing is, is this isn't really great advice, but it's what I do sometimes. And sometimes if I have a nudge about something, I'll just kind of wait it out um, and see almost if I'm put in a position where I'm forced to follow it. And this isn't a long-term solution, um, obviously, because you shouldn't wait till things get super bad. But sometimes I'll wait and see if I get kind of like a confirmation sign about something or Um, if I realize like another symptom come up, I'll be like, okay, I'm definitely right. Let me act on this. Um, so that's just like a few of my tips for listening to your body, but definitely give it time and definitely take a moment to acknowledge when you were right about something so you can gain that trust with yourself. Um, and if you do struggle with like health anxiety, this is something I need to work on, but definitely don't stay on Google for more than you need to. Look up your symptoms, get some ideas, do a little bit of research, but if you find yourself sitting there for like more than 20, 30 minutes, kind of reel it back because that's when you're going to go on that spiral of, well, I had this feeling and so that means this and that means this and it's just going to spiral out of control. Um, But you'll start to know the feeling when it, it feels like a nudge to me. That's what it feels like. Just like a in the back of my mind knowing of like something else is wrong. Um, but give yourself time and grace and don't force anything. Another question someone had, it's actually the same person, my friend Chloe, um, is how to find your own way with all the big pharma and doctors getting in the way. And that's a really good question. Um, and I kind of talked about it a little bit throughout this podcast of knowing how to advocate for yourself. Um, And this is, this could honestly be a whole podcast in itself. But the main thing is, for me, the definition of empower, empowerment in like healthcare is knowing what you're putting in and on your body. So it's not necessarily about 
following all the rules that all the, you know, natural moms on Instagram tell you to follow. And if you don't do that, then you're giving into big pharma and you're fueling, you know, the terrible system. Um, It's all about what works for you. And after that, you need to just shut out any other opinion. (laughs) Um, So even write down on a small piece of paper, like the people whose opinions you care about and don't listen to anyone else's opinions. So for me, I like to have a balance. Um, I use a lot of natural methods and my first line of defense is my essential oils and trying to make healthier lifestyle changes but I'm also open to modern medication when necessary. So I take modern medication for my anxiety. And also in this situation where my infections had gotten so bad that the pain was excruciating, I decided to take an antibiotic. So kind of start slow and just figure out what feels good for you and what your values are. And don't look at all these other Instagram accounts that are saying, this is bad, don't do this, because your mind's going to get cluttered. And when it gets cluttered, you're kind of just people-pleasing again. You feel like you have to follow rules of other people when the whole point is finding out what works for you. So, be open to all things. Be open to doctors' opinions. Be open to natural doctors' opinions. Be open to your trustworthy friends kind of take that information in and then see what works for you. And once you've made your decision, don't waver based on someone else's opinion Um, because that's where things can get crazy. When you're looking for reassurance and confirmation from someone, um, stick to your decision. So that's my biggest advice with that. I hope that answers your question. Um, But really try not to over research on Instagram um, because a lot of judgment can come that way Um, and use my tips that I said about advocating for yourself because sometimes you make your decision at home and you get to the doctor and you just like feel their judgment when you walk in the room and you just have to remember that this is at the end of the day it's your body and also you are paying them they are giving you a service so you don't have to do anything they say Um, don't I don't recommend going in there with just, like, this big attitude of, like, doctors are terrible, they're, you're lying to me. Go in respectful. Um, if they offer you something that you don't really like, um, just say, thank you so much for letting me know that option and that I know it's available to me in the future, um, but right now I'm going to try this first. You don't have to say, you're a part of big pharma and you suck and all this stuff um you can still be respectful um and that's kind of the best way to work around almost that doctor judgment vibe that you can get sometimes when making a more natural decision so i am out of breath that was a long one i'm almost scared to listen back on this because it probably just all sounds crazy but that was my week And I really hope that if you're struggling with any type of medical condition that you listen to your body, you follow its nudges, and you get the care that you need in a way that makes you feel safe and comfortable. And then once you do that, don't listen to anyone else's opinions. (laughs) That is my main advice from this podcast episode. Um... Next week, I'm going to be doing a podcast with my husband, and we're going to be talking about 
how our views on marriage have changed and how we've grown together and just our relationship and all that good stuff. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. If you enjoyed today's conversation, feel free to rate and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. I would seriously love to hear your feedback. Also check out things like that on Instagram and hang out in my stories and my DMs to share the topics you want to hear about. Anything goes here, so share your ideas and I will see you next week.